Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. I'm Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. And as always, on the 17th of July, I wish you guys a happy National Peach Ice Cream Day. But even more important than that, um, you two fellows look like people that you know, get your get your women mad all the time. And with that <laughs> okay. being said, happy National Get Out of the Doghouse Day. And you know it's the perfect way to get out of the doghouse? You hit that $900 million Powerball, right. which is perfect because today is also happy National Lottery Day. Oh, it all falls on one day. How convenient. <laughs> Mike, be honest with us. Does more effort go into this part of the show or the part where we talk about fights? <laughs> this, to be quite honest, this prep takes 30 seconds. I know. Well, um, it seems like you're more enthusiastic about <laughs> it. You have these little bits lined up. You have little setups. Oh, I, th- I, like I thought about all of that literally while waiting for my turn to talk, like when he started the, the theme music. It's not bad. I mean, last last, was uh, last week with the hear but, thee, hear thee, with the, the the voice work you're doing and trying to make it from far away. When, how far away are we from a soundboard? That's what I want to know. With like, no, you know what I mean? Well, speak. It would. It's funny you actually uh, speak about that. Um, I incorporate a lot of music and sound effects now into my D and D sessions. Um, and I have actually been thinking about uh, a soundboard, maybe some type of touchscreen thing that I can have on my uh, on my phone or my computer. So mm-hmm. funny you would actually mention that. And to answer your original question, Bobby, uh, I still do more research into the fights. You know, like I I do at least look them up. <laughs> I, on I, I, got, I got a shot maybe in there listen, like two minutes maybe ago. Maybe watch some like... YouTube videos. <laughs> you know, where people analyze the fights. You know, people who know way more than I do. Uh, but I still enjoy this way more. This is way fun, you know. It's like you know, random took, days. Come on, that's sure. awesome. I got like a little insult in like two minutes ago, and Mike is just like, "Wait, <laughs> he, I gotta get my, I gotta get a response on that one." Look, I'm I'm used to Bobby just abusing me all the time. That's how he shows he loves me. It's it's all good. Look, okay, yeah, you're just kind. Um, all right, uh, Always. folks, um. Gonna talk about that Ngannou and Fury announcement. At this point, uh, betting against Francis Ngannou getting shit done appears to be a terrible bet. Uh, before that, though, we're gonna talk about this fight card that happened this past weekend, which on paper was maybe the worst one the UFC's put on up to this point. And that's not just me saying that. That was just collective opinion <laughs> of the community was, well, what are we doing here? Why? Why? I- I heard that the co-main event, and as you mentioned, one of the worst they've ever put on, I saw in a few places it being said that co-main event was the worst co-main event, not of this year, ever. 
I'm like, damn, how bad was that shit? Wait, are you talking about this week's event? Yeah. Oh, no, could no, have no, been no, that's the one coming up. Oh, the, the one the coming up. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, like okay. the one from this past Saturday. The co-main event of this one was the only good for card in the fight in the whole fucking card. That, that, that's why I was confused. I lost, <laughs> I, I lost something here, yeah. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. Yo, um, yeah. This, there, was a way, there was a fight in a weight class that doesn't exist. Like, there just was one. Women's featherweight. There it was. Norma Dumont, Chelsea Chandler. It's real funny when Chelsea Chandler turned around and ran, turned and ran away. That was a great meme. It looked like she was stumbling. No, she just literally looked and she turned around and sprinted away. Good meme. Yeah. You gotta love that Chelsea Chandler has a uh, has a sense of humor about it as well because she put up her own <laughs> meme where she just put it was at this moment I do I fucked up. That's pretty good. Um, Mark, I don't know if you saw this. Definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I heard of it, but I haven't actually seen it. All I thought I was watching. I'm like, she must have tripped or something. It was just like, no, no, she, yeah, no, she just ran away. It looked like for a moment. I don't know what happened there. Oh man, I just keep losing money betting on Terrence McKinney, man. I just keeps I just I know the Terrence McKinney fight's gonna end early. I need to not pick who's gonna win. Cause it's never Terrence when I bet on him, man. Uh a couple times here. Um getting put out early. Um fighting real crazy uh style there. Um but let's get into it um and uh, talk about the main event because I don't know if anybody saw that shit coming. Um we sure as hell didn't pick it. Um, nope. I I mean, that won't close. She got. I don't know how often we see ninja chokes, um, which I guess sometimes referred to as a power guillotine is another mm-hmm. way of saying it. I normally just know it's the ninja choke when it's the one where I'm just like, I I don't. Okay, that's the one. I don't know. That must be the ninja choke. Uh, Mark, what'd you think of Miss Mayor of Buena Silva? Yeah, this was a really impressive performance i mean obviously a big scalp on her name and when we talked about you know picking this fight last week she was mostly kind of an unknown commodity and you know looking at how she finished fights and looking how holly Holm loses fights you know with silva mostly getting wins by submission and holly only being subbed one other time in her career against misha tate you know late into the fifth round of their title fight it seemed like this was potentially something that holly would be able to handle she used her footwork um would outbox her and would be able to win a decision that way. I think that's, I mean, that's how I thought the fight would go. Um, but what I really liked about this performance from Silva is that like, she didn't fully respect Holly Holm that I think a lot of her other opponents do giving her too much respect where, you know, we talk a lot of times about how Holly has sometimes a hard time distance engaged. She throws a lot of straight punches and a lot of them don't seem to land. And I think it's a lot of times because her opponents are so, not fearful, but are so cautious of the striking that they disengage, they over disengage, they get out of range. They don't want to stay in the pocket with Holly and Silva was, she knew like, look at like Holly can hit hard, but she's not known as like a heavy handed puncher. You know, she has some good kicks. So she stayed in the pocket with her. She threw down um, and Holly tried to implement a lot of uh, clinch work in here, which she did all right in, but ultimately, you know, she was able to get her in that, that ninja choke, and what I really liked about it was, you know, not only is it a high angle choke where you're kind of choking, you know, with the bicep and the and the forearm, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a modified guillotine, but she had her other hand on top of her head to push it down and then locked her jaw and her head on top of that arm. And like, it was just airtight. Like Holly was not getting out of that shit. That, that was a good, solid stand-up submission. So yeah, I was really impressed with, I mean, this is a huge win for her. I mean, she kind of said that this kind of puts her on the map. I think it does 
in I mean, bantamweight. Yeah, Mark, I'm sorry, but like, no, put her on the map. <laughs> but like, Mike, we can't have a championship fight in this weight class without her now, right? Is that just my opinion after that? <laughs> you can. Uh, you can still do uh, Raquel Pennington and and Juliana. It just wouldn't be the exciting option. One person choked out Holly Holm, and the other person is sorry to say this, Raquel Pennington. Yeah, um... I, I I personally think end of the day, whether she gets the next title shot or not, this is what the division needs. It needs yep. new blood mm-hmm. that we haven't had tested before where it's not just another rematch or something so whether she's immediately catapulted to a title shot which i think this earns it because holly Holm has gotten so many title shots she's gotten so many cracks at that belt has held the belt beat holly uh beat ronda rousey you know is a very big star in the organization i think this merits holly was number three shot. holly was number right. three uh mm-hmm. mayro was number 10 10 10 uh so raquel, is, jump raquel is two Mm-hmm. Juliana's number one. And Pena's one. I mean, you would talk about have you end up with a you end up with an unknown champion if Moira Buena Silva pulls this one off um, and gets that belt. I mean, speaking of unknown champions, I led the show off and didn't point out that the light heavyweight champion of the world ruptured his Achilles and is no and re- vacated that title. And that was one of my things I led off with talking about unknown champions. We'll get to that too, obviously. Um, I want to see. I mean, I don't know. She said, I mean, she kind of called it out. She's like, Amanda was Brazilian. You know, she wanted a Brazilian champion. I'm here to fight for Brazil, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's enough for me. I'll buy it. I'll take it. Sure. Sure. I don't know. I mean, it's someone that Amanda did. It's someone someone who didn't lose. Yes. Well, that too. But I'm saying like, let's get somebody in there who didn't lose to Amanda Nunes. That'd be nice too. Because I didn't just see Amanda Nunes beat these two other women that would be fighting. She 50-43'd one of them, and the other one, we were wondering why the corner wasn't stopping at three rounds in. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get someone here who, like, we can say, hey, at least they didn't lose to the last champion. They're not champion by default, you know? Mm-hmm. Or a lesser champion. Champion like, by like, absentia, we, kind of. <laughs> we can we can, we can can play the head games where, like, well, maybe, you know, Silva and a Nunes, who knows how that would have turned out, you know? We, we, we may never know. It's but, like when you DC know, was champion. Like, we know what happened. It's like when DC was champion after John Jones was fucking up left and right. People are like, well, we saw you fight that guy. You know what I mean? Right. We saw that shit happen. Like, a little bit of a paper champion kind <laughs> yeah, of scenario. Yeah, exactly. You try to avoid that, I'm just saying. Because um, they was like, I mean, and Juliana did beat Amanda. All credit there, but like the other fight is like those two, sure. the Pena and Pennington fights are maybe the two of the more fucking murderous fights in Amanda's run here. So, anyway, um, co main event Jack Della Maddalena. Um, mm-hmm. man, he got out of this one, he got he, he dodged a bullet here, man. Um, I don't, I mean, the scores I believe were correct. I think most people probably agree. That Jack should have Jack won this fight. I don't know. You I don't hope know. so. I didn't look. I mean, the, the commentary booth failed you again. But if fucking you know DC, the, right? It was fucking DC. It's what? DC, but also the Cruz is there too, and and they're placating. You know, like they there needs to be a serious talk with DC and be like, look, this is how you need to understand as a color commentator how this sports work. Mm. You have to. Because you can't be doing slam dunks and being like, oh, that's minus two points. It's like, no, you have to fundamentally <laughs> know how the sport is played and how it's judged. <laughs> if they're going to comment. People are watching and they don't know better. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That was a mark. So that, again, was, have- that was an all-timer. Sorry. 
<laughs> well, it's just, you know, it just, it, it really pisses me off. Because, I mean, and look, this is a little more complicated. The rules change in other sports. They don't change as drastically. Dude, I've been waiting but... for us to have this conversation for, like, it's been a month and a half, two months where I've been like, yo, this guy, because I, I listen with the commentary. I'm like, this motherfucker does not know what he's talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and I think it's just, you know, his mindset of how this sport was played and how he how he approached the fights and how he won fights was by wrestling and control, you know, and I still think that plays a dominant part in him. And he has well, those to were, that was like, no. the rule when he was. That doesn't the judging was he knows the judging as far as when he was fighting because he's like right. that's what yeah, I know. If I take down still, Alex Gustafson, I win the he's fucking He's also fight. been a color. He's also been a color commentator. Uh, commentator for God knows Yo, how many me, fights at this point. Give me yeah. Sanko and Fitzgerald. And I know, give me, I'm taking Michael Bisping. So, I'll take Paul Felder. I'll take, I feel so bad. I was just, I was ringing the praises of how good the commentary team was. And then, you know, the next couple of weeks, there's been these big botch ups. So, I mean, getting to the fight, you know, one, this was a fantastic fight. Um, I don't, none of us really knew who Bas- Basil really was. Yeah. You know, I wasn't aware of him. So it seemed like this was just going to be Jack just running over another dude and he wasn't going to get tested. And he got tested pretty good, you know, and it was his inability to, Stop the takedowns. His, his 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 lack of foresight to keep going for these guillotines and giving up the takedown. But you know he showed a lot of heart and determination in the second and especially in the third round. Where in the third round he made a major adjustment. He stopped going for the guillotines. Jess would um, you know, stop the takedowns. Man, honestly, after like, the last couple times, you know Basil or Basil or you know <laughs> yeah. was um he was baiting him. Like I was like he basically was just like throwing these shitty takedowns at the end, so Jack would go for the guillotine, and he would just use that to get side control. I was losing my goddamn mind at a, at a point there, and like, man, that was that was not a good one for Jack Della Maddalena, Honestly, I know no. he's bad. I know he's had back to back weight cuts, and it was a whole fucking thing, and that wasn't a good fight. That was not good yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't. It, it showed some holes in his game, especially in the wrestling. But what what was promising was he did make adjustments. The third round, I think one, the, the work to the body in the second definitely started paying off. I think uh, Basil was throwing really heavy in the first round. I mean, what made this fight fun was like this dude would throw down. He wasn't scared of Jack in the pocket. When 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 Jack got him against the cage and was throwing combinations, he threw back and said, yo, you're not just going to body bag me here. I'm not just going to stand here and let you tee off on me. I'm going to throw back. And when you get too aggressive, I'm going to shoot a takedown and you're going to go for a dumb guillotine. I'm going to, you know, you know steal around potentially i think he won that first round as a very close first round it was really the second round where it came down where like jack clearly did more damage there was a moment in that second round where he fucking teed off on this boy like he went to the body hard he landed some great shots he won with damage that is the no, number no, one he, criteria he, of judging. Was, the, the correct scorecard was round one to hafez round yeah. two to jack round three maybe 10 eight i don't know maybe 10 eight he took it was yeah, pretty one I fucking mean, sided Look, I hear yeah, a lot. I, I think, I'll be honest. The first half of round two, I thought Basil was doing good work. Still, like I thought, like if you were just looking at that, sure, yeah. But like he was, he was hanging in there with yeah. him on the stand up. He was doing pretty good, and then Jack started teeing off on him. Got a lot of good. I shots mean, that guy got in. tired too. You could tell that too. Basil was tired, like because well, he's, he's throwing like, as hard as he was, and the work to the body all accumulated. And but fucking but three Basil, days notice or whatever that yeah, was. And up at the end of the round, he got that takedown, and that's where DC. And Cruz were like, oh, I think he might have stolen this round because he got this takedown. The control is like, he just lit him up. Like, there was a 10-hit combination where he did some big damage. And then the third round, Jack really was able to correct ship and, and really put a bean on Basil. I, I, I almost thought that should have been 10-8 because, like, he was he was close to getting done. But it was it was a, it was an entertaining fight. But, yeah, Bobby, like, we, sh- we saw 
a prospect kind of hit that ceiling, and we know at this division in welterweight, there are some well, good ass. He was going to fight fucking Sean Brady, and Sean that Brady was be tough. Yeah, takes motherfuckers. Like, Tom, t- Sean Brady will take your ass down. Like, that's the thing. Now I'm even like, yeah. get your book that same fight. Like, there was, this wasn't an advancement event. I know Sean Brady had some weird, like, was it a bursitis thing or something? Mike, do you yeah, remember seeing what they said? What they said Sean Brady had? I thought it was like uh, something like that. Like some sort of. I can't quite remember what it was. I thought it was like a not staff, but something like that. But like assuming he's cool and good to go, but like you know, Jackie just got fucking got put through the ringer. I think we just book it again because I didn't, you know, I didn't think anything in this fight made me think he should fight somebody besides Sean Brady. You know, like let's test sure. that. Let's test that shit. Um, Mike, are we just going to take DC? So who's going to talk to DC? Who needs to? Who Does anybody? No one gives a fuck, right? Let's just be honest with ourselves. <laughs> I think <laughs> Dean Thomas is the only man that'd be like, look it. You respect me. I respect you. I've been in the game a little longer. You fucking up. <laughs> you fucking up. <laughs> I get 20 seconds on the mic. And I round fix your two, shit. I can't correct the shit that you're fucking up. You need to know. I mean, but yeah, ultimately, and look, I don't want to hate on dc like too much because i like the guy like i think he's fun and personable but it does piss me off that like he's incorrect in calling the fights and and that is something as a color commentator you never know what kind of new fan is watching and if you can't break down what's going on accurately especially when it comes and, and scoring's tough because you don't know how the judges are going to be scoring but you should you know you should know the criteria and how it should be scored and if the judges fuck up you should be able to call that accurately and everyone should be kind of on the same page for him to not be able to accurately ascertain what is happening in the fight in, in the realm of judging, I think is doing a disservice to the product and is misleading your customers. Cause I'm sure Bobby, for a lot of us, it was like, yeah, Jack definitely won this fight. I didn't have any questions about that whatsoever, but I'm sure there's some fans that are like, yo, this dude just get a rot. Like, is this what's wrong with this fucking sport? The dude just said he, he won, he lost rounds one and two and he, okay. He won the third round and so much so that maybe it should have been 10-8 and a draw would have been Dude, it's in just, favor there. But I, I just don't like it's just bad. I don't think I think people should know how this should I mean, Mike, I think people should know what this like it's just like this is still a sport kind of. Like we should like people need to know how the fuck you know we come up with this shit. We can't complain about judging this much, right? And be like, okay, here we go. This is what they're saying it is. Like let's apply like, yeah, if they and, scored correctly, and, we should be happy. <laughs> yeah, and we uh we also can't give the commentators a, a pass either, and I think you're almost okay, you're okay with it on some level with Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan at this point he's he's an icon, he's an institution, he's like the furniture um, of the commentating booth when it comes to the UFC. Uh, it ain't a big fight if you don't have Joe Rogan, you know, screaming and staying with the same biased agenda all the time, but. DC, bro, like you were fighting just like two years ago, three years ago. You were literally in the thick of this. You should know better. You should be more prepared. You shouldn't be so stuck in your old ways of thinking, especially now that this is your new profession. It's wild. I feel sometimes like the other people who agree with DC when he's there and then like have the correct scoring sometimes when they're like with somebody else. I legitimately feel that way. Like... Like I think Bisping being a little influenced. I think Bisping. I think Bisping gets it right because I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't think Bisping just goes, "Hey man, got a takedown. A fucker won that round." Like I don't think that's happening. But I don't know. I just give me give, give me again, just too, give me Felder Felder and Senko. 
I think I think it's interesting. You talk about Bisming, you talk about Felder, because these are guys that were strikers, right? Yeah. So like they 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 put a president when they were fighting, it was about getting damage. Right? It was about getting the guy out there. Who's a, Dominic? Who's, and I love Dominic. I Dominic's think, my guy in this thing. No, used to be. You know, I'm a Laura Sanko guy now. Which is weird. Yeah, which is weird because he also he's not afraid to. It feels like Dom will push up against Bisbing a lot. Like they have a lot of like this weird little tension. Where they'll kind of well, like people call each him a other, bully. He doesn't want to do that because he uh, yeah. had that whole video where he sat DC down and said DC doesn't do research. And like it's like, true. And that's, it was it's accurate. And here's like, the thing, though: it, yeah. is it being a bully if he's telling the truth? Dominic is oh, very I direct. How... I think we've learned that Dominic is very literal and very direct. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's whole Dominic's thing is like, look, it is it is it mean if it's true and like. It can, yeah, it could be. It could be both, dude. But like, you know, hey, it's if it's true, it has merit to it. So it's not like it's unprecedented. I think so. it was, was that the, I don't know. I think it's Dominic's still is. the one where like TJ said he's going to give 110% and Dominic's like, TJ says he's going to give 110%. Well, that's not even possible or something like that. I think that was Dominic said yeah, some shit yeah. like that. It was just, that's who we're dealing with here. I don't know, man. I know you're making money hand over fist. Mike just looked up the ticket prices for the Utah one after lamenting how expensive it is for him for like, you know, in fairness, Mike and I paid fucking six hundred bucks for okay-ish seats. Uh, they were not okay-ish. We were like C plus. Ten ro- we were like ten rows from the top. Dude, we were sitting next to family though, and like <laughs> just like that. That must that must have been the cousin that they don't like because again, we were ten rows from the top. Uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, they're just printing money over at the UFC. I, mean, I remember there was this thing that said that last year the UFC more ma- UFC made more money than every other promotion in boxing and mixed martial arts combined. They also may have been the only ones who made a profit, actually, in that whole equation. A real profit. Um, but yeah, guys, come on, man. Come on, man. Um, by the way, just know that uh, if someone announces in the next few minutes that uh, Bellator has been purchased by the UFC... We are so fucking ready for that conversation because I've been sp- fucking rocking that tinfoil hat mark for what two hours now, maybe two and a half hours. I put it out hey, there. It's it, we saw we saw some rumors, we saw some screenshots on a website. I think you could talk about it. It's nothing's official, but yeah, we're talking about you know the, the half the Bellator top fifteen ended up on the UFC roster page with no pictures in the last. You know, people notice today. Other people say it's been there a long time, and I'm like. Yeah, okay. it almost sounds familiar. Like maybe they did that a while. I don't know. But- I'm just saying. Um, all right, let me put this card to bed. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Oh, that poor lady dislocated her fucking arm. That was that was rough. That wasn't great. You see that? Did you see that shit? That was woof. Um, Miss Nunez, Estella Nunez, taking on Victoria Dudakova. It was like a takedown, and she put her left. She tried to put her. She don't put your arm down like that. It's when shit happens. Put her arm down. Dislocated the elbow. We're done. Thirty fucking seconds into a fight, man. Um, and if you want to just laugh, the DC trying to interact with Aline Perez twerking after winning against Ashley Evans Smith. That was that was that's why DC's there, Mike. Let's be honest with ourselves. That is why DC is there because DC made that mm-hmm. excellent. DC's like DC, <laughs> DC a family man, DC a good Christian man from Lafayette, Louisiana. All right. The devil is not tempting DC. All yeah. right. Even when that devil doing what the devil does. Exactly. That was very funny. Um and there was that crazy ass story that uh Otman Azatar, who was in not the co-main event, but the feature bout, as they say. And his other his brother 
have now gained a position of influence with the Moroccan royalty. Oh. Yeah, there was some weird-ass story there. And he's just, like, hanging out with them all the time. And they're worried these dudes are, like, telling him to make policy decisions or something. I don't know exactly. But all that shit didn't help him getting his ass whooped by Francisco Prado, though. Mm-hmm. That was, whew, didn't help. Did not. From the octagons, Moroccan, don't come a-knocking. Just. There you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, let's just give it to the man right now, man. Um, Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's move on here. Um, let's talk about Jamal Hill first, actually, because I feel bad. Um, Jamal Hill was in the UFC International Fight Week b- basketball game, I guess they did or something. I don't know. There was some sort of basketball oh. game. And think- this was UFC requested i think so yes um, okay which might be saving his ass right now um and then miss hit mr hill jamal man poor guy ruptured his achilles and in terms of injuries this is the worst one right like mm-hmm. straight up is that, that that's it right mike this is the worst one you can get uh kevin durant had that same injury um i remember seeing that disgusting slow-mo video of it basically looking like a rubber band just snapped uh, behind his his foot. So I'm going to assume it was something to that nature. And it took him more than a year to to get back Fucking on the court. And he wasn't the same for a year after that. So Dude, Clay is still in the middle I'm of gonna that shit. I'm going to assume it's going to be the same type of uh, time frame for Jamal Hill. Yeah, Clay Thompson in the middle of that shit right now, man. Had a great regular season. Got to, His shit wasn't... Just, it ran out of juice. He, did, he couldn't go by the end there. Um, this is fucking devastating for this kid, Mark. Um, this is not great. Um, he hadn't fought since January when he won the belt. Yeah, I mean, I think didn't Glover fight again? Yeah, I think. No, that was a Glover's retirement fight was him whooping Glover's ass. Well, okay. I can, I no, th- no, oh, I think yeah. the whole thing was people were waiting. I guess it was close enough that they thought Yuri would be good to go. Right. And Yuri is basically good to go now. And they just hadn't gotten yeah. on the thing yet because they want Yuri, rightfully, to get a title shot. Him coming off of a bad shoulder, if I remember correctly, forcing him to give up the title. Um, man, I just hope that, like, this guy winning the championship in itself was a matter of... I don't want to say he wasn't talented because he beat the fuck out of pretty much everybody they put in front of him except for Paul Craig, um, which shit happens, man. But, like, it took a lot for this kid to get this title shot, Mark, and become champion. And we're in a real like position of like flex and stuff in this way in this way class. That's worry. Like I mean, they say he's going to get a title shot immediately when he comes back, which maybe not the best thing for a guy coming off of an Achilles injury. But putting that aside, I'm just worried we just never like this kid's going to like it happened and that was it. He's never going to get it again. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, I think what's unfortunate is, yeah, this division has been kind of plagued with John Jones, right? He's swept it out, and now we finally get some new blood. Yuri was new blood. He got injured, and then, you know, Glover kind of took to- took over, and that was a fun story, right? But it did seem like, you know, that guy's best years were kind of past him. It was amazing that he did as well as he did. Um, and th- then you had Jamal Hill, and it seemed like, oh, this Hill and Yuri, and we had a couple other guys coming up at 205. The division was starting to get rolling again. Um, and then, you know, this injury happened. So I, I do think it's unfortunate, but I do feel like there is a number of guys also coming up at 205 to kind of keep it interesting in the interim where Hill is able to return. And, and I do feel like when he does return, I feel like it's warranted to 
get an immediate title shot because he was the you know actual champion. It wasn't like an in, even if it was an interim thing, he held a belt. I think it warrants him to to get that shot. I don't disagree with you that I think it'd be a good idea to have a warm up fight, just not the UFC's nature. They're not going to put him in with someone not ranked or someone. Give in him the one of the 15. fucking bow knuckle guys, bow nickel guys, man. Give him one of those guys. Give him like a well, hot prospect, not Basil. Not meant like the guys bow nickels fighting. Give him that fire hydrant. No, to like, fight. Like, a, like a real tomato can. With that, that's not the UFC's deal. They like, just they don't did, do they're that. doing it though. Now we're starting to do. We, to you know, we just get, we just tried to give Jack. Do you know how they have six hundred guys on the fucking roster? And instead of giving one of those guys to Jack Della Maddalena, they pulled some dude up from whatever. Jack's, like, not, Jack's not a former champion, though. I, I know what you're saying, but like, like, I'm, I'm like not saying it's not a like, So you can be. You can't you can't have the guy who that just had the belt be like he's fighting an unranked guy. That that's some pride bullshit. Which I again. Totally for love seeing a tomato can get crushed over here. Boy. It's like we're just putting but, we're just setting these people up to fail, man. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're gonna do it. I'm just saying we're like doing some weird shit these days. We're just doing stuff now. Like we're we're gonna I, book two you know, fucking these fucking nerds to fight. Right? Is that still gonna happen? Is that gonna happen? Are these fucking nerds I mean, I, gonna I fight? Think tuna <laughs> fights are good. I think tuna fights are good. You give them a can to crush. It builds his confidence. It builds the you get a nice highlight reel out of it. I I think it. it very, very rarely do you get the huge upset story. And if you do, you build a huge star. He fights some no-name guy who beats Jamal Hill coming off an injury. And it's like, who's this guy? Now he, now we have a new name in the basket, you know? And maybe he fights another contender and he that guy gets rocketed up because he had a huge upset. But not hasn't been the UFC's nature, but you're right. Like, who knows what the F they're doing anymore. So, could happen. All right. Moving on. Mike. Francis. People doubted it, man. People doubted this man. You know, oh, Francis, this fucking fumbled line. He's the get, bag. Fumbled the bag. And then they kept moving the goalposts. He's like, hey, man, Francis just got paid a fuck ton of money by the PFL. You know, and on top of that, they set it up so other people might get some money too. Well, uh, he got, well, it doesn't matter because he has no one good to fight. As if that fucking matters. And oh, what about that boxing thing? Huh? When's he going to announce that boxing thing? Mike, he, he, he did it. This motherfucker went fucking fishing for fucking sharks and he got himself a great white all right he did it what do we say about and this man <laughs> that is a good way to describe uh a gypsy okay mike thank you but seriously he did it indeed he did bobby um he silenced all the naysayers all the people were having their jokes on him and saying he was an idiot and he had no plan. I mean, the troll farm the UFC shit. paid for, right? The troll farm the UFC paid for to tweet all this stuff. That's the- I hope there was a money back guarantee for for that for from Dana White because everything that Nganu talked about has come to fruition and even then some. What, a day or two after the podcast, they came out, oh, it's going to be an exhibition fight. People started to give him shit about that. Oh, what's an exhibition fight? We're not even going to see them really go after each other. And just a few what? hours ago. Why do they care? Got... Because like, people are haters, no, bro, like, None of these people give a fuck, Mike. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Why don't you say what we found out a few hours ago before I start yelling again? <laughs> no, but, you know, just to give you a little something. Like, yo, yo, people hate on me all the time. You know, it just comes with the territory. You know, haters going to hate. You got to shake it off. Shake it off. Like Taylor Swift said. Anyway, a few hours ago, we learned from from Francis Ngannou himself, courtesy of the MMA Hour, that 
it one will not be an exhibition fight. It'll be an act, uh, uh, just a regular fight for records. No titles, though. I mean, we can't have everything we want. And he'll also have a rematch clause, which uh, let us be real. It's going to be well, Tyson definitely has a rematch, rematch that he gets knocked out. Well, Tyson definitely has a rematch clause, right? It's whether yeah. Francis wins, he gets a. If I'm Francis and I win this fight, I do not want to have to do it again. Let me just put that out I there. Am, I am running away and never coming back. Yo, people, these same people are now just like, well, man, it's Saudi money. Why well, as if they care. What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> these people don't care. Well, the UFC money's okay because it's from Abu Dhabi? What are we? <laughs> what are we? <laughs> yeah, one's better? Like, come on, man. These people don't care. Um, the man's also making eight figures on this one, more than all every other one of his UFC fights combined. Which I mean, that's not even that. I mean, that could be any number above like what? So are we just talking like ten mil, or what? What are we talking? If I had to guess, I'm gonna go like fifteen. That's technically eight figures. I was gonna go ten to fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. What did you think? I thought it was gonna be around ten to fifteen. Mark, what do you I think? I feel you hear. You hear someone talk about, oh, I'm getting paid X figures. That means they're at the very start of that <laughs> new figure. I, I mean, what, agree with Mike. What, what, that would be the case for eight figures for a while, though. Like, oh, I'm making eight figures. Like, that could be like 15, 16, 17, up till what? Is, yeah. You know, that's but, still but, like but a I, press I event. What, I think what's Mike, I think what Mike's saying, and I kind of agree with, like, if you're going to use the that vernacular to be like, how much are you getting paid eight figures? It's like, oh. So I know you're. I know you're minimum. Well, it, if you're getting paid more than that, why not just say I'm getting? I'm getting. Well, maybe 12. he's getting part of the pay per view. Do we know if he is or isn't? Because the pay per view, we don't well, know how yeah, many the fuck. How many? How much? How many of these? I mean, I mean, we don't. We don't know how much. He's because it's he's not. Making, it's he, not just Tyson Fury's whatever fucking thing it's called. I forgot the name of his promotion company. It's Francis Ngannou's gimmick fights promotion. Is what he named his promotion. I love this man. Is so it really much. Called he named fights? it gimmick fights after Dana oh, White. That, that, that's good. Yeah. Dana White, with a fucking straight face, <laughs> said, "There, we don't do gimmick fights." And then immediately said, "Man, we could do John Jones and Tyson Fury. We could do John Jones and Tyson." Like, what? Bob, they're talking about doing Elon Musk. We, 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 we can do the fucking nerd bowl. We can put on the fucking yeah, nerd bowl. That's, that's the gimmick right there, man. John Jones and yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, end of the day, though, like, look, the guy did it. It's already right? over. Like, he, like who cares? People did, are saying, Mark, they're saying it, now they're like, "Oh, he's gonna get knocked out." Who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> that's going to happen, fuck? too. I mean, that's going to happen, too. But, but yeah, it, it was this. I mean, because it did seem like for a while, like, look, he wanted to fight Tyson Fury. And it did seem like after he was a free agent, it still didn't seem like that was going to happen, right? Because then he's talking about Wilder. He's talking that he just wants to box. So even I was like, you know, we'll see. And and the Wilder fight seemed more a- approachable from a competitive standpoint, stylistically, how they fight. But, like, he got the big fight he wanted, you know? And he didn't – he – when you look at the other time this happened with Connor and Floyd, you know, UFC stepped in and was part of that, right? It was Zufa. They made a whole new company they never did anything else with just to promote this one fight. They paid, and, they got know, so much money for Dana White to go with the, up to the press conference and yell, Ladies and gentlemen, the notorious Connor. Oh, he would also say some shit about being the undisputed UFC this or fucking yeah. that beforehand. But yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he I mean, is, was there really a reason why he couldn't do that with Francis? Doesn't seem like it. He did it for, but you know, he didn't do it. And then Francis had to do it on his own, and he fucking did. And, and this, like you guys said, he's done all these, all this stuff on his own. And this is, he's a prize fighter. 
and you're right. Like at the end of the day, regardless of the results of, of these fights, like it's about getting the big payday. At the end of the day, that's what this sport is, is about getting the big payday. And whether you do that because Dude, you, you this become is the, the best, best in your field. This is the best retirement plan in this fucking sport. He did it. Nate already did it too. The best retirement plan in this fucking sport is getting into one of these fucking gimmick boxing fights. That is how that you do. This is how you fucking. Way. I mean, Nate. I don't think Nate. I mean, Nate already gotten paid a few times. Nate been paid. Nate been getting the checks from the UFC since he, the minute he tapped out, tapped out the Irishman. Nate's getting the check yeah. since then. Francis, man, I just. I mean, Mike. Let's just talk about it. This man ain't been wrong. This man ain't been wrong yet. You gonna tell him? You gonna when this dude shows up in that suit and sunglasses? Are you gonna you know stare this man dead in his face and tell him you can't? You can't knock out the Gypsy King? I won't. I mean, from a distance we will, but <laughs> right? Like, man, what if woo, this story? I'll say it. I'll say it with my chest from like this seat, <laughs> but I won't say it within like a tri-state, you know, length of him. He may find me. Yeah. Like, I mean, kidding, man. I mean, I look, mean if things happen. Like, things happen. One percent chance that he fucking clips him the way Deontay clipped him. The motherfucker still got up, by the way. Just putting that out there. Um, I stand by this, by the way. Him versus Deontay would have been a lot of fun. Okay, Francis and Deontay yeah, I mean, would have been a lot of fucking fun. I, I haven't seen a ton, a ton, a ton of footage of Tyson Fury, but like I've seen this dude's a generational talent. This guy, this guy fights like Muhammad Ali, but he's built like Andre the fucking Giant. Yeah. And when you look at who he's competed against, who he's beaten, and you look at a guy like Dante Wilder, who is a professional boxer who has a lot of the same attributes that a Francis Nagano is going to bring into the ring. But with more technique, you, way more technique. <laughs> with, a, with his whole career being in boxing, yeah. you know, and, I, and I, I always like to use this analogy when they talk about like, you know, like, oh, MMA boxing how different is it it's completely fucking different i mean obviously mma has so many other facets but i always like to look at it like okay look at you have a wide receiver in the nfl and maybe this is the fastest motherfucker off the line he beats everyone he can just out sprint everyone and then he wants to go be a hundred meter dash olympian like it's completely different that dude at the hundred meters has spent a whole life just learning how to get on those blocks and kick off immediately like there's so many little nuances to this sport. Like when you kind of drill something down or like football, there's lots of skills, right? You're tackling, you're, you're maneuvering. I, I equate it to like an MMA fight or something, right? There's a lot of things that you get to catch the ball. You have to hug the ball. You're getting hit. And you don't need do to be A plus at running. Singular. You don't need to be yeah. A plus at running to be elite. <laughs> and then you, you drill that down into a very specific thing, like going from MMA to boxing. And there's all kinds of rules and bad habits that you have to utilize in MMA to be successful that you have to be wary of that will get you knocked the fuck out in boxing because things are so different. There's little things that you can do in boxing that you can't do in MMA. And when you try to think that like, Oh, this guy, because he's got big power, we've seen him knock out kickboxers that he's going to be able to transition flawlessly into a different sport, fight one of the best fighters of all time, Tyson Fury. I mean, in, watch this dude box, dude. I was just watching highlights video. This dude throws he's so light dude, on his feet. we're having the wrong angle this is mark people are furious yeah. let's do this this is why people are angry mark is because of mm -hmm. who he is and how good he is right. like yeah, let's put it put true. it from the fucking boxing side of his of this mike yeah the fact that yes. we're not watching him fight i mean look right now everybody's booked people might want to calm down a little everybody's fucking booked granted yep. he there was a long time we could have booked fucking alexander Usyk, 
versus Tyson Fury for all the goddamn mm-hmm. titles. And we'd have a, a unified heavyweight champion for the first time since, I don't know. Like, And Usyk's fighting someone else now, right? Yeah, Usyk's fighting someone else. Fucking Joshua's fighting somebody. This is how we. I think this is how we even got the Francis and Fury fight. Mike, people who like take boxing seriously are so angry that this is even happening, right? Like, we got to be honest with ourselves. This is a fucking. Yeah, this is a but, joke. This I is mean, a way. This is a waste of Tyson Fury's time. It, Go- I would say yes. I, I I wouldn't say that because Tyson Fury has nothing else to prove in the sport of boxing. If he wants a payday. And Francis Ngannou is the best way to get that payday because, all right, people in boxing know who it is. What the fuck is that guy's name? The guy who holds every other heavyweight title that Tyson Fury doesn't have hold. Okay, I didn't know what the fuck his name was until you just said it a couple like, minutes ago. Uh, sure. And I still don't know what his name is. I am actively not caring to remember what his name is, even though you literally just said it. But people know who Francis Ngannou is. That's where the money is. Uh, Tyson Fury don't need to do shit for what Burt fucking Sugar wants. Fuck Burt Sugar. All right, he wants that money, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, and wow. I get it. I, I get the boxing. Perspective. No, I mean, look, I got, like, let's be honest with you. Took a stray right there. I apologize to Burt Sugar. I was making sure he's he still with us. I was making he's sure he wasn't. Oh man, I'm glad you're lucky. He is. I was so sure I was about oh. to tell you. You just called out. He just shit on a dead man. No, oh, I mean, Mike's God. like, look, I get it. We're like, we're making money here, but like, there's an opportunity here for a man to go, like, go down as one of those dudes here. Like, if he could unify all the titles, that's that's a thing. I, I think it's, I think it's his frustration with how boxing has worked for a long time, and we we talked about it, you know, a few weeks past, where it seems like some of those hurdles have been overcome. We're seeing more unified belts being handled, but like, there's always been this policy politics game where like. It seems like it's so difficult in that sport to get the best to fight the best and really find out who is like the best guy at this weight class because there's all these other titles. They want to protect their champions. They don't want to negotiate with the other ones. These fights just never seem to happen, and you end up losing them. So I get the frustration that you know the heavyweight title is the most important one, is the most prestigious one, and we have these two fantastic boxers that should be fighting fighting each other, and that we should find out who the best is, and it hasn't happened, and instead. We're going to have Tyson Fury fight. I mean, in, dude, in we just hope it happens. Literally called gimmick fights. We just hope it happens. Yeah, I hope so too. Because, yeah. like, you know, the other guy went and fought in war and came back, and we still haven't done this. And if you want to listen to the, depending on who you listen to, the story is Tyson wanted a, he's either 60 40 or 70 30 split in his favor, right? Which, honestly, uh, Usyk agreed to because it makes sense. He's a much, Tyson's a much bigger star, right, than him. And then, the story is though uh there was only a there was a one way um rematch clause which is just appears to be how Tyson operates now now we're, we're learning that where that if Tyson lost he'd get a rematch the part that was a problem for Usyk was hey it, uh, Tyson's also here demanding the same split in the re- in what would be the rematch and Usyk's like well if i beat your ass we fight again i should probably get half the money at that point Right, seems kind of fair. Which but seems yeah. like, and that's when Tyson went on. They ended the, nego- the negotiations fell apart, and then Tyson called him a dosser and all the other things that Tyson calls everybody. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I hope I didn't just use some sort of slur because Tyson Fury just says stuff I don't understand. Okay, just yeah. Anyway, um, it's gonna be interesting though. Um, other news: MVP is a free agent. Michael Venom Page is a free agent. Apparently, talking about you know how uh, him fighting in the UFC would be interesting. Mark, 
I'm going to go ahead and say what I told you earlier. This <laughs> man's going to be real sad when the UFC offers him 40 and 40 to fight. Just Ooh. Let's also not forget an actual guys to fight. Yeah. We really wasted yeah. a lot of this motherfucker's time, I thought, Mark. just I, I'm still annoyed with that. You mean, I mean, I've been annoyed about this for like five years. I mean, he hasn't really, you know, he had a couple tough tests that he he didn't do flying colors in. And I, I don't think his stock, and I, I think your 40 and 40 makes sense because I think that's how the UFC would value him. It's like, look, he's an exciting fighter. He can put on some exciting fights. Is he going to have the, the talent to really go far in, you know, the deep waters of the UFC? It seems doubtful. It seems doubtful that he's going to be a title contender anytime soon. You know, you never know. Sometimes these I mean, guys from Bellator 36? come over. The how do we let that happen? How do we let him? that happen? Honest question. How do we let this dude like you, you he showed us we? No, you say this we like if like if it's our no fault, Scott Coker bought tomato cans and now he's thirty six. This dude showed up. Yeah. Okay, he's thirty six, right? He showed his first Bellator fight, first one. That's how long we've been doing this shit. March two thousand thirteen. So ten years. Okay, yeah. we're at least five years late with this, right? Like we're five years late with this. Mm-hmm. No, I mean he, he lost the the I, I can't remember like his first big test wasn't it like Lima well, he, or something? He, I thought his and first. I don't. He beat he beat Dave Rickles' ass. He beat that was a real fight to me. He beat Paul Daly's yeah. ass. Then he lost to Lima, where he ducked into a punch. That was what that was twenty nineteen. So that was thirty two. I don't know. And then we had make him go fight two more dudes we never heard of before. Like I don't yeah. know. I I mean, as much as I talked earlier, I, I do like to build a fighter up, but like at some point. You have to test the waters, right? And it's like if this guy's going to be a star, he's going to sink or swim, right? And he, he has to get in title contention. You have to get if if you really want to make a star, he's got to go after that belt, whether he's successful or not. Five years of crushing cans. He went five years crushing yeah. cans. If Bo Nickel is still crushing cans, it, oh yeah. By this time next Curious. year, I'm going to be annoyed. Okay, I'm, I'm annoyed now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm annoyed now. He, he's crushed two cans. I'm like enough cans. I've, I've you and me have been making Rudy Bears jokes about this motherfucker. It was July 2015. Okay, we're eight years into the Rudy Bears joke with this guy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> eight years. Mike, uh, they should, I don't know, man. They they can't sell a fucking ticket in the, U- ticket in the UK. We'll talk about it when we get to make pick these fights, but they can't sell shit on this card. UFC thought that they just had the Midas touch not putting any stars on these cards, I guess, doesn't work out. Maybe it's worth it in that regard to go get the English cat here? <laughs> I guess so. I guess it just depends on how much he costs. I think 40 and 40, as you mentioned, I think that's a good price for the UFC to get MVP because we're also assuming that MVP would sell in England. He if- made $100,000 his last Bellator fight. If they offer this dude, they might, they would really have to. I mean, look, he made 100000 no win bonus to beat uh, Yamauchi uh, to put him down with a leg kick at 26 seconds in. That was disgusting. I remember that. He kicked the shit out of that dude's leg and you just like look like the ligament snapped right there. It was fucked up. Um, yeah, he made $100,000 to do that. Bendo so made 40 and 40 really that bad, maybe? I don't know. No, I was going to say, they got to offer... I mean, he's not going to take a paid cut, is he? If I'm, the PFL, UFC, I, they, if I'm PFL, I offer him 100 He's worth it to me in the PFL. That's true. I think the PFL could. But I think, I think too, he might want to be in the UFC and try to get that recognition. And I think the UFC would make a contract where it's like, look, you're going to get 40 and 40. You're going to have to kind of work your way up. But hey, you get in that top 10, baby. And then we're, we'll talk about a new contract. You, I mean, we'll I'm making a joke. A do, you really think, do we really think deal. he's going to get 40 and 40? I mean, I'm kind of making a little bit of a joke. He's got to get at least like, they're going to offer him. 
I'm just saying they, I mean, they offer they can offer at least like 65, 70, right? Like be I honest. I was gonna with say ourselves. like a sixty a sixty sixty where like if you win, you're gonna make more than you were making before, and you're in the UFC. You know, I don't know, I don't know, but like we'll see, we'll see. Man, Linton Vassal's making a hundred at Bellator. Shout out Bellator, man. This might be why you're for sale, and you know, I don't know, but like they're paying some dude some cash here. Just not bad. Um, we'll see. Um, man, they're, they're, they're not buying this company today. Really, I'm so ready for the UFC to get so, the UFC to buy Bellator today. This is. It's not happening. Those to be clear, there for like I was six gonna, months. preemptively for when if this does happen, I'm just gonna say I do not want this to happen. I do. I mean, I much more prefer PFL buying them. I think this would be cool, Mark, for six months. If only if we even yeah. get like you give me the championship fight, you give me you give me Nemkov fighting the UFC champion, you give me fucking. I mean, I like Amasov. Amasov fighting Leon Edwards. You give me fucking Islam versus Usman? Not going to happen. But, or more than, you know my number one here, Mark. It's fucking Pitbull versus Volk. Mm -hmm. You give me Pitbull versus, honestly, just Pitbull versus Volk. That's really what I'm in it for, in this for, on any level. This is worse though, man. This would be worse for everybody. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talked about it before the show, like, we've just been here and done this dance. We, we've done the UFC buys a different organization rarely do they have champion versus champion right away a lot of times they they and i think this would especially be the case with bellator they're going to want to try to build them a little bit by having some fight with someone that is notable right so i don't think we'll see champion versus champion all those guys are going to have to win at least one high profile fight before they get that shot potentially i mean maybe maybe pitbull is the exception here but i think a lot of the other champions are kind of a little too new except for 205 i think uh was it that Vadim's held, held it for Vadim. a couple, a little bit here. Me, yeah, um, but I just don't. I think a lot of these guys would have to earn it, and I do feel like a couple of them maybe will, and we'll, we'll get a champion versus champion. Some of them won't, and like you said, after a couple of months, they just kind of bend into the fold. But you you bring it into the PFL, which I I've talked about time and time again. I think they really need name power, and while Bellator doesn't have, they like, gotta buy the fucking strongest, Bellator. That's what they need to do. Yeah, they need to buy. The they need to do this. This is much better. better. Known. Yeah, that's a Mike. It's a much better option. We can't put these fighters out there with one fewer place to work. Like this would be. I remember I was with you when UFC bought Strikeforce. I, we were in uh, we were in New York. I remember we were going to um, what's the steakhouse that we went? To the steak- uh, Peter Luger's. We were going to Peter Luger's, and we're like you and me were like on a, like a sidewalk, listening on my phone as Dana 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 interviewed got interviewed with Ariel to announce the news. That's how long ago. That's how that's, this was. Wow. I remember that. And like, I think in retrospect, man, that really closed the fucking door on them having like a stranglehold on the talent. Like that was when it became real slim, when it became literally Eddie Alvarez and fucking Ben Askren. And like, what was the other one? Hector Lombard. Those were the three, only three guys left that they hadn't taken at that point, man. Like, I don't know. They, do you, I mean, I get why they would do it. Like you fucking do this, it's gonna make. I mean, PFE puts a lot of it puts a stop to a lot of momentum of the non UFC side, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and um, this would be a good. De- it could be a very good business this decision for them because it what it does is that it doesn't allow your competitor to get stronger and actually become that mythical viable second option. You know what's the thing people are saying? Also, Mike, they're like, oh well. You know, everybody's complaining about the lack of people on these fucking, um, 
about like these these Apex cards are filled with people we don't know, right? And like you can bring these Bellator guys in and that will help. Hey man, the only reason we know these people is because they were showcased not in the Apex uh you know on the second fight of a UFC like they were main event, they were spotlighted somewhere else. Like we would know these Bellator fighters for, you know, 4 months until the yep. good until like that's it. Like you know all all of them and that's like all 10 of them they chose to keep out of this. It's just I hope they don't do it. It's very smart. And people, by the way, any Mike, any people are out here saying that, like, oh, there'll be an antitrust thing. People will claim monopoly. People are new, huh? They think anybody gives a shit. (laughs) (laughs) They think anybody. This is this is this war. This is this part of the war. This part. This in this area. Yo, Ben Vince had a monopoly for the last (laughs) twenty twenty years. (laughs) Nobody gave a fuck. (laughs) Nobody gave two shits about that. I remember last time people talked about, oh, Monopoly. When WCW and ECW went down, they're like, someone's going to stop Vince, right? Monopoly? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no one would care if they got if they did this. Um, I think that's uh, it in terms of the news. But, Mark, we want to talk about what some people consider. And I don't mean just – I mean a lot of people consider the best pound-for-pound boxer in the entire world fighting. Um, <laughs> and we're not going to have a chance to talk about it. Um, it's about a week away. But we're not uh, – Gonna have a chance to talk about it if we wait until next week's show because he's gonna be right. fighting pretty much when the show comes out. So we want to talk. We're talking about Na- Naoya uh, Inoue, uh, the monster, fighting um, in a week here, Mark. Um, and we have talked to him a little bit. Maybe we'll go a little bit more in on why we, I mean, you especially, but why everybody loves this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I found out about Inoue back in 2019, and just. I don't really follow boxing that much, but like just a phenomenal talent. Um, you know, in, in the lower weight classes, this guy has insane power, some of the crispest technique and, you know, a Tyson esque record, you know, right now being 24, um, wins, no losses, 21 knockouts, um, and unified his former division. I can't remember what it was. Was it featherweight or he's fighting for featherweight now? He won the, he won the WBO bantamweight title when he beat Paul Butler's ass back in December. Right. And that, that unified him. And that, that fight was not particularly well, wasn't great because Butler didn't want to fight him. He basically just ran away and eventually got finished. So now he's moving up, um, and he's going to be fighting, uh, Stefan Fulton, who I don't know much about, but who is also undefeated. 21 wins, uh, no oh, I, losses. I actually can say oh. something here. I've been listening a little bit. Okay. This bad motherfucker, okay? This is a <laughs> serious guy. I don't know what the betting odds are. I was going to pull that up just now. But I've been hearing how, like... There's a lot of people that have Fulton winning this yeah, fight. Yeah, like, it's like, it's a real, is a real thing here. Um, of course, we are on team in a way here, but, I mean, I wouldn't speak for you, but my boxing knowledge, I feel, could be wrong real quickly. So maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Sure, yeah, but and I, I've seen some of Fulton's Minus 350, well. plus 250. So it's he's still a sizable favorite, but it's not like... Uh, Fulton it, is or no, in a way? Uh, is, minus 350. He's okay. still a pretty sizable okay. favorite, but it's not impossible is what we're talking about. And, and I think a lot of that favoritism is probably coming because of the knockouts, because of the power. But moving up in a weight division can change a lot of that right so i think this is a really intriguing fight and yeah i did want to mention it because it is going to be happening next tuesday when this podcast comes up and it's going to be in japan so it's going to be starting basically like monday night yeah. right so i, I did want to put a honest question what do you do you, would you be able to ballpark when you think this fight would have you airing for you if it's happening on the 25th let's assume at night in japan so it's happening tuesday night uh, in japan how early japan on tuesday? is Japan is 13 hours ahead. So, whatever time. 
Yes. Okay. So let's so say whatever time it is over there, subtract thirteen hours. So let's say yeah. I think they said the ahead, start time I saw today was four thirty in the morning east. For the so main card. Five thirty for the main card. Yeah. And I think there's and and how many fights are on the main card, I don't know. Well, I mean so if it's, it's gonna be early. I was gonna say my guess would be it's gonna be five for Pacific us on the uh the correct time zone. I would say five thirty to six. That was unnecessarily hostile. Um, five between five thirty and six a.m. in the morning. I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know, Mike. Have you ever tried it, to watch anything like this from Japan? I would think it's really like for you, maybe like ooh. nine ten. No more. Well, what time did the fucking UFC card air when they were in Japan? Does anybody remember this yet? What time would Pride I asked, air? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember when Pride would air because I wasn't watching then. Um, but if I'm right. Uh, I remember being able to watch, I think, UFC cards. It was nice. It would be like, you know, you just wake up early on a, on a Sunday, um, you know, and just get to it. Well, right, if, this, if it was an early card, if this is an early card, if I remember. Regardless, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. So if you're, I mean, if you're watching these UFC fights, you probably already have Plus. Um, so Tuesday morning, you'll be right? able to watch it. No. Okay, no. yeah. Not pay-per-view. So um, you'll be able to watch it. I- I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and again, like, the last time he had a really tough test was with Dinar. Um, his first fight with Dinar, which was in 2019. That was the first one I got to watch live. Um, it was on my birthday. That was awesome. I made a whole fucking thing. Um, that fight was insane. And so I- I'm kind of anticipating something like that. I mean, if we are to believe Stefan Fulton is as talented as everyone is, is saying he is this could be a really tough test for Inoue and the last time he was truly tested it was a fantastic fight so I mean you know who knows when, when you go up in weight classes maybe Inoue can't handle the power maybe his power doesn't translate he keeps, maybe he's he keeps going up man every one of these he's it's coming with him he's it'd be real nice if more people gave him attention just saying yeah I mean like you said I think like right now he's like number four on the pound for pound um but I do think some of that has to come with like the lower weight division just don't get as much respect. Um, so I think him moving up, and if he's able to, to beat a guy like Fulton, it could I mean, really catapult 30 him, years old. If, if he has a good performance. 30 years yeah, old. This is prime, phenomenal. man. This is this prime. This is, let's yeah. do this it, thing, it, man. Those to di- the point, we'll talk about it next week, too. Like, there's just a lot of boxing. Dude, this is why people are so pissed. You said it yourself, people. We thought we got past some of the hurdles with boxing. That's why people are still sick of, are so sick of this fucking Fury, to kick it back to the Fury and um, Usyk thing. It's just like, man, we're, we just got fucking... Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis. We're gonna get fucking. Right. We got we got Crawford Haney Lomachenko. We're getting Crawford. We're getting fucking Crawford and Spence next week. And that's and next week. The same time as fucking the BMF stupid ass title name, but that's a badass <laughs> fight between Poirier and uh, and Gaethje throwing down for the second fight. Like, man, do fights have gotten real good, man? Mike, let me tell you. I mean, UFC probably wishing they could sign, they could re- send a new sign a new TV rights deal right now because with that TV writer strike and the TV and the, and the, uh, the writer strike and the actor strike, dude, they're saying they're saying because they're talking. I was reading how they think AEW is going to get like a little bit more of a boost now because their shit's up for renewal because they already are. Mm-hmm. W, WB already wants them. They already like them. WBD William Warner Brothers Discovery. But like, fuck, man, they put up some. They're like a reliable fucking X. Not even if it's like we can pull, we can pull eight hundred thousand people every fucking Wednesday, and we'll pull five hundred thousand every Saturday. Like, these people are gonna print money doing that shit. Like, fucking these sports, man. The live content is all we got right now, too. That's it. It's a little, it's a little odd that pro wrestling, especially like WWE and AEW, I'm amazed those don't count as like 
SAGA, like SAGA credited stuff? Because I'm assuming pretty much most of those promos are written. They don't. Right? They don't want them. My understanding is that the people running those organizations don't necessarily want the wrestlers, because obviously, like, they would have access to insurance if that happened. That's the, main th- the thought. No, I'm saying they'd have access to update. I think it would be too expensive. A lot of people say it's too expensive to insure these people. I don't know. Like, there's this literally. I, re- I remember reading Mick Foley's book. This is a side note here, and him saying he appeared in a movie made by the. Um, remember the Insane Clown Posse? Yeah. You know, this is for my Juggalos and my Juggalettes. You know, the Juggal. You know, what whoop. Um, they Mick Foley said he's. I think he was in their Big Money Hustlers. I think was the name of the movie or something like that. They did, and he says. Movie was stupid, but it is how I got my SAG card. You know, Roddy Piper talks about that shit. Roddy Piper's like, man, I was in They Live. I got insurance through SAG, and I got like, you know, I got pension and shit from that shit, you know? <laughs> it doesn't, don't you have to, you know what? We're getting off on a tangent yeah. here. I'm sorry for bringing that yeah, up. Yeah, no, it's a whole thing. Um, man, fucking fight sports are killing it these days. Except the UFC, which was putting on better fights. Um, look, the pay-per-views are great. I'll say that, but... Man, these fight nights. Remember how exciting the fight nights used to be, Mike? That's like how we got into this thing. Was us watching fight nights and you know something like that. Fight nights used to be where you would go for like these are the guys that aren't big enough yet, aren't famous enough yet to Dude, how long paying it take? fifty bucks, fifty five bucks for a pay per view. But you're gonna see some guys just swinging, slanging, and banging. Do you know how hard it's gonna be for like someone to be a new Matt Brown in this Apex era? Like that's how yeah. we all learn. Like that's how we learn about like why we need to take Matt Brown seriously. Why we need to take fucking Sam Stout seriously. These like these fucking hammers. You know these dudes who hung out between like eleven and twenty in the weight class. You know, like stuff like that. I don't know. It's gonna be hard for guys like that to stick out. That's why people are twerking on the on the first fight of the night. Go viral. Doing the devil's work. Doing the devil's work. Um. Anything else we want to talk about before we get into this London? Before we, I think London. They're going to they're going to England. Let's just say London. I think it is in London. Okay, I'm completely guessing. They are in the O2 in London, and you can buy tickets because they did not sell this motherfucker out. Um, turns out we need some of these other dudes on our cards. Maybe we make people give a shit. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about it, folks. Uh, Tommy Aspinall. Last time we saw him, he tore his shit up. Um, pretty much exactly one year ago. Gonna assume it wasn't the ACL. If he's fighting a year later, I'm trying to. I'm gonna see if I can find what he tore exactly. If he's coughed up that information. Um, but Tom Aspinall returning. Um, but 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 MCL and meniscus. He had ACL damage, MCL and meniscus tears, though. So that explains that. Tom Aspinall is coming back after uh, being out for a year to take on Marcin Tybura. Marcin Tybura, Tybura, Marcin beat up fucking the sweetheart of the podcast, Blagoy Ivanov, just beat him up. Not nice. Back in February on that Lewis Spivak card. Um, Before that, taken out Alexander Romanov. He's actually... um, Marcin, people don't take Marcin serious enough. I'm just going to say that. He's won nine of ten fights. Uh, lost the decision to Alexander Volkov uh, a couple of fights ago, though. Um, Aspinall, before he got hurt, had strung off um, 
five wins with five finishes, um, all in the first or second round to start off his UFC career. Big wins over Sergey Spivak, Alexander Volkov, Arlovsky was in there. Even got a Jake Collier in there. Man really um, was on a bit of a run and was like the one we were supposed to take serious, right? In this new, those of us with eyes recognize we didn't, I mean, no offense to them necessarily. And Molly Molly McGann and Patty Pimblett aren't winning UFC championships. Okay, just putting that out there. This guy might. This guy looking like a young Frank Mir. Okay, in many ways. Um, the betting line for this thing is fucking wild. Okay, and I can't be the only one to think this is the case, guys. Because this man coming off of a fucking big injury, fighting this other guy who's won nine of ten fights. Tommy Aspinall's a minus 500 favorite. Um, straight, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm picking Tom Aspinall. I think he's going to win this fight. But Mike, is you, you, if you can help me out here. What, what am I missing here? Why is this? Minus- what's going on here? Minus 500 favor on BetMGM, and as you mentioned, he's coming off a pretty extensive knee injury. I don't know if this is saying a lot about Tom Aspinall or if this is just thinking not very much about Marcin Tybora. I am going to go with their thinking a lot about Tom Aspinall. Uh, He was looking like the next big thing before he had his injury. I think regrettably he got injured in a uk card as well last year yeah we were gonna really test this motherfucker he was gonna fight curtis blades for the love of god uh well i am gonna assume he is pretty much back from this injury i think he's just gonna be too quick for tybora i think he'll be able to get in and out of his spots uh whenever he wants and i think he'll make I don't want to say quick work, but I think it'll be a fairly one-sided affair. Let me tell you this right now, Mark. If I'm Marcin Tybora, I'm kicking this motherfucker right in the knee. Immediately, right? Like, what do we do? That's what I would do with all the... If you tell me this is a situation with anybody, it's like pro wrestling when you go out there wearing the brace. It's like, I'm going to have to tape up the ribs. You you know I got to hit it. That's what's going to happen here. Um... What do you go? What do you think here, man? You gonna join? I mean, it's it's a wild ass line. Uh, you you think Tom Aspinall is gonna get it done here? Yeah, I mean, generally, like you, like I think just on talent and skill and what he's shown previously, this is a what I feel is a winnable fight. You know, and, and like he, I think it's not unjust to, you know, we're not trying to discredit Marcin. He's been on a hell of a run. He has had you know a lot of his success himself, but. Tom has really shown that he is capable of really handling the, the top echelon and his only loss so far. I, th- I mean, I think the Curtis boys loss was his only one, right? He might maybe have one before the UFC. I'm not totally sure. And the UFC, it, it he was, has three losses, but only the UFC is one loss. Okay. He has other losses. Is, is Curtis. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't seen him beat in like, it was like a freak accident kind of right. An injury. And I think that should cause maybe more concern that maybe he won't perform particularly well here. But outside of that, just looking on paper at what they've been able to accomplish, who they've been able to beat, it does seem like this is a fight Tom should win. And I think that is why the the line is so big. I think if the Curtis Blaze fight, if he lost legitimately more like he got beat up, he got subbed or something, I think maybe this line would be diminished a little bit because it was kind of a freak accident early in the fight. I think a lot of people are just writing it off and assuming that he's going to come back you know, as good as he was before. But we don't really know that that's kind of an X factor. So... I think he should win. I want him to win. Like you said, like he's a young new talent in a division that kind of needs it as well. So I'd like to see him be able to get past this and get in the title picture. But, you know, it, it, it's not the easiest fight in the world. We'll have to see how he performs. So 
Yeah, there's a lot, lot writing on it. Co-main event. Julia Stoliarenko taking on Miss Molly McCann. Meatball Molly Meatball. herself. Meatball Molly returning from uh, first fight since November. Um, a fight where people were really cheering for her and people were not cheering for the girl from New Jersey. And Mike and I were sitting there as if we were, we knew all the answers to the test because we're just like, y'all know what's about to happen to this poor woman, right? Like, we all, <laughs> I mean, she got Blanche fielded, okay? That was, woo, woo. <laughs> That was rough. We thought she broke her shit right there. I don't know if she she didn't fight for eight nine months. She might have. <laughs> like it's entirely possible. Um, Meatball Molly's uh, favorite in this one coming in um, minus two twenty five to plus one eighty on Julia Storialenko. Uh, Molly before that loss to Blanchfield really run off. She really um. Look, the popularity blew off with that spinning back elbow, that card. Um, those last two fights in London, her wins over Luana Carolina and Hannah Goldie, uh, both with spinning back elbows um, thrown in there. She's won three straight. Um, she's been a hit and miss with the UFC career. She, in general, more wins than losses. Um, she's kind of settling into her role, I think, as being a, I mean, female Matt Brown isn't the worst thing I could come up with, to be honest. Um Julia Storyalenko um, has lost four of five fights. Last one to Chelsea Chandler. Um, Win in there was against uh, Jessica Rose Clark. Um, before she got to the UFC, she'd strung off five straight. Um, look, I'm just like I don't. I know the line is relatively close, but I'm pretty sure this was. She's lost four of five. I don't know how she's still there. Not to be mean, they would normally. I feel they would normally cut someone, but. I think I think Molly's gonna win. Molly seems to be fighting really well in London. She has she has lost there before. She did lose a UFC fight in London to Jillian Robertson, but feels like a lifetime ago. I think the crowd's gonna push her. I think it's gonna be a big thing. It's gonna be a whole hoo ha. And um, yeah, Julia doesn't you know doesn't win by submission really that often. So she got one of those. Oh shit! Never mind. She got nine of those. Molly's in trouble. I'm still taking Molly. Take it back. Uh, still taking Molly, but I don't like what I just read. I don't like that at all, Mike. <laughs> don't like that at all. Mike, what do you got? <laughs> so I have Molly as well, but looking at Molly's track record in the UFC, the fighters that she has had issues with um, are the ones that have an above-average ground game, and that would be what you consider Jude. Is that Julia or Julija? Julija. I've, right? I've chosen to ignore the second J with my pronunciation. You know, I'm gonna go with Julia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just she gets one J. I chose the one at the beginning that I'm gonna recognize. Yeah, so Julia fits that bill uh, in terms of the type of fighter who's given Molly some problems in the past. Although I will say that Molly's overall stand up should be what carries the day here. Marcus, what do you think, man? I just, you know, I feel this is pro wrestling booking from man. You're gonna put, you're gonna, you want the baby face going over in that hometown, man. Yeah, uh -huh. I mean, that's, you know, lo looking at this earlier today, that's what I was thinking too. It's like, look, they, they, they think they have something in Molly, promotional wise, right? Like, she, she's, she's somewhat of a big star, right? She can get a crowd going, especially in the UK. Um, 
the Blanfield mm. the Blanfield fight just like we we knew going into like oh that was not a good matchup for her to continue that train. So I think this is them potentially trying to correct course. It could backfire. I think the guy I think the points you bring up um, with uh, her opponent and her skill set and potentially what could be the downfall for Molly could play into their hands. But I just looking especially Bob, you look at the most recent records. Yeah, four of five, not good. Um, I think they're thinking this is is a nice little jump start for Molly, but you know, stylistically it could be a little difficult for her. So it's going to be a decent test as well. But um, I definitely got Molly winning this. Man, one. they're really carrying. They're asking Molly and Tom to do a lot of work here selling tickets. This is they're asking him to do a lot of heavy lifting here because I don't know, man. I I don't know. This is this is a lot we're asking. Um, I think the next one is the touchy feely fight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Andre touchy feely. Doing that thing they ask him to do these days, Mark, where they're just like, we need you to see how good this, see if this guy's worth like top 15. Or like, not even that, top 20. This is a fucking deep white class. Sure. Um, they're asking Andre, they're sending Andre, they're shipping his ass all the way to the fucking UK to fight Nathaniel the Prospect Wood. And Nathaniel the Prospect Wood is 29 fucking years old and gonna turn a 30 in two weeks. So I think it's time for us to figure out if this prospect's a prospect or not. What do you think, Mark? <laughs> yeah i mean i this is a good test um he's had a couple fights nathaniel wood at featherweight now so andre feely i mean was is feely always been featherweight i thought he was i feel it, uh, i feel he's been featherweight but he's a big dude man he's like 510 nathaniel's kind of stocky nathaniel's as tall as like yeah. he's a little taller than me like he's not big for this weight class yeah. mm-hmm. he, he he's got a good record though he might be a little small but you know he beat um charles jordan he beat uh charles rosa at featherweight feely i feel is a good test you know i don't feel like skill wise he's like a, a huge jump up from oh, his apologies. last fight but- the odds uh minus 200 for mr wood to plus 165 for mr feely continue please right yeah so um I- i'm going with with wood here um feely's been his career has been a little bit more up and down but like eh, you know they, they both have wins over charles um, both went to decision with him. I, I have that guy in high regard, but he's also one of these fighters that tends to get bad decisions too. Sometimes I don't particularly remember their fights well. Um, so I'm going with Wood as the favorite, uh, but not strong confidence in it. Just kind of looking at what they've done in the past, and it does feel like Feely's been has been that, a little that, bit that of a rough Jordan, rough that Jordan fight's carrying a lot of weight. I think too. We all know Charles, yeah. Charles Jordan can fucking go. Like that's a that's a serious win there, Mike. What do you got here, buddy? I'm going with the prospect on this one. Is it the Jordan fight, basically? Yeah. Yeah. That's look, I like you guys know I love me some touchy feely. And uh, you know, him, hey. him being a black belt. Uh, you can take it out you want, man. I'm comfortable with myself. Um he's like he's he he practices under Master Joseph Benavides in Jiu-Jitsu. Like he was awarded the piano key belt, I remember. I think it was like on Fuel TVs how long ago this joke was going, by the way. Um, I just, I mean, I don't know. I like it. We set these tests for these guys. I think Andre's job is secure. You know, we know what his job he does. I think uh, it doesn't hurt if we have another guy at 145 for Alex to fight sooner rather than later, right? Like, I kinda, I'm kind of wishing here a little bit. You know, I'm hoping it happens. I got Nathaniel Wood in this, too. Um... All right. Um, are we all picking the same shit so far again? We, you know oh, is, we, we all talk about fights together so much that we just all like have convinced each other about the same realities about what fights 
should be like. Um, Andre Muniz, Paul Craig. This one is real interesting. This one's uh, this one's very interesting. Uh, Paul Craig trying to turn that career around at age thirty five and being six foot fucking four and saying, "Man, I'm gonna go down to one eighty five." Did not at any point look at Paul Craig and said, "Man, this guy is carrying all this extra weight," and man, this guy is so much smaller than everybody else at two oh five. But you get knocked out by Johnny Walker with a backhand. He bitch slaps you down twenty pounds in weight class, I guess. Um, and yeah, losing to Ozdemir, Ozdemir before that. I lost money on both of those fucking fights. That's what I'm thinking now, Mike. I lost money on both of those things. Paul Krebs by submission failed in two times. Those two fights. Um, on the other end of it, Andre Muniz, man, is going to do everything in his power to have us forget the fact that he got tapped out by somebody in, in an MMA fight. Like, that, that shit's not supposed to happen. To Andre Muniz, guys. Andre Muniz has got, like, world championships in this shit. Okay? Andre Muniz is, like, one of the best grapplers in this, you know, whole fucking thing, man. Um, Yeah. Anyway. um, Betting odds for this one. Muniz is, like, every all the fights in this card are the same fucking odds, basically, except the main event. Um... Minus 225 to Muniz, plus 185 to the Bear Jew himself, Paul Craig. Again, not Jewish, just likes the name. Um, Mike, who do you got here? I'm going to go with Andre Muniz. We talked about this one a bit before the podcast started. I'm not liking this this choice to go down to 185. Um, I don't think it's going to benefit him that much i think it's really going to drain him it's not like he was a chubby 205er so i think that an extra 20 freaking pounds it's gonna be uh, a lot on his constitution and i think it'll affect him in the fight yeah i don't i'm, I'm with you on this i know we're all picking the same shit but I'm like i don't know there's sometimes i look at a card and i'm just like yeah i gotta have to go this way like this is like the one i was more on the fence about was the last one to be honest um, just wondering if Nathaniel Wood is ready or not. I think um, I like Andre Muniz a lot. Like I'm, I'm still so impressed that Brandon Allen pulled that shit off. That was so impressive that he did that to him, and it was like on short notice, and he tapped him out, and it was like he was running like a grappling thing all over him that entire night. The man's got 15 subs and 23 wins. Like this is how what he does. You know, he taps people out. He taps people out left and right. I think he's tapping out Paul Craig, honestly. That's what I think is going to happen here. Could be wrong. You know, I'm wrong a lot these days. I'm noticing. I can't pick fights anymore, folks. This is not going well. I'm like five or six back now. It's terrible. Um, yeah. Mark, uh, are we going to clean sweep this thing? Or do you, you know, I know I know you fell yeah. off the Paul Craig faith train. Like, you had a oh, lot yeah. less faith in Paul Craig before, like, even before me. Oh, yeah. You're kind of done with him, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I like his – I mean, I think it's fun that he gets – his submissions off his back that he's so comfortable off his back. I think it's a fun style, but I mean that Ozdemir fight really showed like nothing here. The dude doesn't engage you there. He doesn't have a backup plan. He doesn't know how to force you to fight his type of fight. He has to basically have you willingly accept, like I'm going to fight this way. And when you look at his opponent here, who's also a very good grappler, I think, you know, if this goes on the ground, it could be a really fun grappling match to see just how these two tango. Um, but I do think um, Munez is going to have more on the feet. I think he's a little bit more aggressive. I think Paul Craig just kind of like 
on his feet. He's just not as capable. He's kind of just lumbering. And then, yeah, you bring in the X factor. He's moving down in weight and, you know, maybe that benefits him. Maybe he's so much bigger than Muniz. He's going to be able to manhandle him. Maybe he'll be big enough to be able to take the fight where he needs it to be. So he can dictate if he's on top yeah, or how, bottom. How or something often does like the late, like the late thirties cut in weight yeah. work. Like it happens. Like, I mean, it's got, if you go down and wait, man, it's got to happen before. Like things have fallen apart. And like, I mean, you go down and wait because you lost a tie. You can't get past the one champion. You don't go down and wait because you can't get past the number five guy and the number seven guy. And like, you care struggling with every other motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is not a good look. I mean, it always seems like a desperation thing to, like, jumpstart a career. And, you know, I, if we dug through, you can probably find some examples where some guys did all right. But historically, yeah, it's usually a last-ditch effort to kind of revitalize your career that, that doesn't end particularly well. I think stylistically this match is, is still interesting, right? It's still interesting because of there, there's two such high-caliber grapplers. And it'll be fun if they roll around on the mat. And I think Muniz will engage Paul Craig there. And I think he's slick enough not to get caught. But... I kind of thought a similar thing with Brandon Allen too. You know, I thought yeah, like that, that would was be just, really, <laughs> he'd be able to survive that and make that a really fun and, and Brandon just showed that he's on another level. I mean, himself, I guess, so. Mike, I guess in fairness, like this is a weight class where, you know, we're looking for guys to fight the champion. I mean, a guy just got a title fight. I mean, in fact, he did beat, he beat, he did beat Robert Whitaker, but you know, he also just went a little, got a little, got made it all feel real uncomfortable with how he got here. Um, by the way, Talk to, talk to a gentleman I call League of Mine who is South African, and he's like, oh, Drickus knew exactly what the fuck he was saying. He's like, this is a whole thing down in Africa. <laughs> this is a, who's a real African is a whole conversation down here. And he's like, there's no way Drickus did not say that on purpose. And I'm like, this is anecdotal, but you're the only South African I know, so I'm going to use that as me as validating my own opinion. Because that's how it works, right, Mike? I'm just looking for confirmation bias <laughs> at this point. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I think that's everything we're picking on this card, right? I don't think we picked anything. We're going to pick anything else, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Um, anything, the other interesting ones. Well, there's a reason they can't send a sell any tickets to this thing. Look, I, look, I, I, I feel I've been in this, I've been on this podcast for 10 years saying, Hey, they got Mark Dia Casey. Nothing. Don't mean nothing. Don't, don't mean nothing. Don't mean nothing at all. Um, and I like Jai Herbert's the next one I know. And I know Jai Herbert for getting folded up with like a lawn chair when he fought Ilya Teporia. You know, that's just saying. Um, all right. Um, I think we're at stuff we like. I yeah. believe we are, yeah. Um, I got to think about what I did this week. Mike, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I have one. Um it's a show apparently that's been on Netflix for about two years. It's the Lincoln Law Lawyer. Have you guys uh, seen that come up on your uh, for you page on Netflix? I think it's. I think there's it, been a concerted concerted effort because my dad asked me like, "Have you seen this Lincoln?" He's like, "My dad's watching Suits," and he goes, "Is this Lincoln Lawyer show another one of these shows that's related to this?" And I'm like, "I don't think so. Different show." But yeah, it's. I think there's been a push. So I don't know if this is based off uh, that Matthew McConaughey movie or if that Matthew McConaughey movie and this series is based off a – I mean, and this TV series was based off a book series. I don't know. It is based off a book series, um, and I believe the movie came first, right? Oh, the movie definitely came first. Yeah, okay. 
but essentially what it is it's a uber lawyer who for the most part always works out of some type of lincoln product i wouldn't be surprised if the author of this book was like a senior vp at lincoln uh because wow the product placement is is very uh very deep in uh, in, in this one but it is still pretty enjoyable show um, I ran through the first season pretty quickly last week, and now I'm on season two, and it's not letting up. Still pretty good. David E. Kelly, man, will just make a legal show for you, buddy. He'll make Ali McBeal for you. He'll make L.A. Law for you. He'll make fucking The Practice for you. He'll make fucking Boston Legal for you. This is, He's here, man. He's here for isn't you. That, uh, isn't that Michelle Pfeiffer's boo thing? David E. Kelly? I mean, that's you think that yeah, man, you make these are successful motherfucker, man. These is all all these shows paid. <laughs> they paid real money for these things. Not streaming dollars, you know? You don't get that Kamiko Glenn twenty-seven dollar Netflix residual check. Whew. She's like that's in rough. that show, like really in that show. She's not like just sitting in the she, background. <laughs> I liked how she put in I think it was her TikTok thing, like like my tits are out there in perpetuity on Netflix. I didn't want to say that that's what happened in that show, but that is also what happened in that show. Okay. Like, man, like she put it that way. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. That is $13.50 for each one. That is $13.50 for each one. Okay. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> that's yo. what that is. Um, I show my dong. I better be getting more than 28 bucks every like six months, man. My dong <laughs> is worth way more than 28 bucks, man. I'm not saying it's worth that much more than 28 bucks, but come on. It's got to be more than 28 bucks. It's worth at least like a Switch game is what you're saying, right? Maybe not PS5. A, PS5. a Switch game every three or four months. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, that. That's definitely but like, reasonable. But like, I'm not going to be selfish here. I'll say like a Switch game when like Nintendo does one of them sales and they think they're doing you a favor by selling you like Mario versus Rabbids for 48 bucks. Yo, we're going to really find out this week, folks, if Mike's girlfriend listens to the podcast. Let me just say, this is going to be the week we get a definitive answer. A definitive answer. Well, if she, if she comes up to me at any point this week, hugs me and say, your penis is more worth more than 50 bucks every four months. My God, that's so sweet. That's, that's definitely what she's going to say. Not You just talked about your dick for three minutes on a podcast. Um, all right. Uh, for me, um, I watched. I'm going to say I even like this. I like the result. I watched that uh, golf thing. I wa- There's nothing on TV, guys. Straight up. There ain't nothing on TV. I watch baseball um, because the Giants, and my rule is I don't pay attention to baseball until after the All-Star break. That's when I check to make sure if the, see if the Giants are worth paying attention to. And it looks like the Giants are only like two and, two and a half games back at first when I ch- checked in. And also I read someone saying that the Giants are going to trade for Otani. And that was enough for me to start watching baseball. Um, so I watched baseball. I like the pitch clock. I know I'm like giving an opinion on something, Mike, that's been around for four months, but I like it. All right. I like Are you familiar? Are you good with this? Have you heard about this thing, Mark? The pitch clock? No. I'm guessing there's some kind so of clock. So I know, like, I mean, you're like many people. And by people, I mean many people, I mean people with eyes who say baseball in general is kind of fucking boring. Um, they have a thing now where you got 15 seconds. That pitch is – you get the ball back. Pitcher's got 15 seconds to throw okay. that motherfucker. It's kind of fun. Yeah, the game's only two and a half hours long, two hours, 20 minutes. Is, is it, What's the average time now, Mike? It's somewhere between like 2.15 and two like two and a half, right? I don't think it's 2.15. 2.15 is even a little crazy even with the pitch clock. But 
I know last year it was about like two fifty five, huh. maybe three hours, and I think at least two months ago or a month ago, the average time was down to like maybe two hours and thirty five minutes. Yeah, that's a lot of time, man. And let me tell you, man, you watch the San Francisco Giants playing a big ass ballpark. That game's even faster. We're not scoring that many runs. You know, we're you got to get in a ballpark like that. I mean, the Colorado's bringing that thing up. Um, I enjoy it, man. It made me enjoy the game more. Um, we won. I, that was nice to, for me to watch a game where the Giants won. Um, I'm all for, you know, us winning something. And, uh, you know, we can't have a year without a parade because... But don't worry. Because we're going to throw one for Steph Curry. Because they had the Celebrity Golf Tournament. That's what I was going to talk through the beginning here. I watched a bunch of that Celebrity Golf Tournament. Um, the American Century Championship in Lake Tahoe. Um, our boy Steph Curry, who came in as a 12 to 1, uh, I don't know if you call him 12 to 1 underdog. He was like the eighth or ninth highest guy to win this thing, I think. Tony Romo was the favorite at 5 to 2, didn't do so hot. Uh, Steph Curry came in at 12 to 1. I mean, these odds are bullshit that I couldn't bet on them. Let me tell you, because Mike, I mean, this isn't a stretch for me to say we were going to bet money on Steph Curry to win this goal. I was going to bet money on Steph Curry. I would have 12 times whatever that. If I was going to put $1, I'd have $12 right now. Guaranteed. Anyway, um, that was real. I don't know. I generally don't like the existence of golf in the sense that I think it's a waste of public land. There's a lot of land that we're wasting to play this game. I'm cool with golf simulators. You know, let's make it, let's, you know, fake that shit. <laughs> okay. But like, we don't need to use that much space to play a sport. Um, but it was cool that Steph won. I, I'm gonna need something. I'm look. I'm gonna have to start watching like bare knuckle or something, but bro, like I need something to watch. All right, is, is it time to watch Succession? Is that it? Is it time for me to start Succession? Have you not watched Succession? Nah, man. It seems like a real negative show. <laughs> I was really oh, enjoying. I'm coming off a of yeah, Ted Lasso. I'm trying yeah. to transition into something <laughs> that isn't gonna make me hate humanity. You know. <laughs> um. Anyway, I got. I just rambled a bunch. That was it. I watched a bunch of random shit. Marcus. Um, what do you got? Are you excited about the yeah. news that Call of Duty is going to stay on PlayStation? The agreement that was signed between Sony and Microsoft? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Microsoft won their Activision Blizzard merger. So, hey, good on them. I'm on I mean, and, uh, I like Call of Duty enough, but I don't buy each installment or whatever. And, and now it seems like they have this deal. They're going to have it for 10 years. I mean, after that, I wouldn't count on it. But at least, hey, look, Sony, you got 10 years to, to finally make a Call of Duty you know, killer. So, you know, get on it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, that's good on Xbox. They, they need it. They, they need all these companies to help them out. You know, it, like I talked about their last showcase was the first time that really kind of like sold me and like, I'm kind of interested in Xbox. Um, so it, I think it's working to some degree. Um, but you're not, I mean, also you're like, is, ultimately like, Oh, sorry. I'm muted. Aren't I? No. no okay. So I was going to say like, I mean, you're you got you want the PlayStation to be a good product because you own a PlayStation, but fuck, man, if the next generation, the other one's better. None of us are here rooting for a corporation, like no. I mean, I mean it, like whatever's the best product, all, we want the best product out if there. There's, mm-hmm. If there's games I want that are exclusive to any certain platform, you know, if I want it enough, you know, we'll get it to work. You know, and at this point too, it's almost like with with Xbox in particular, it's like well. Could go the Xbox route, could go the PC route, or Steam Deck or something along those lines. There's a lot of options potentially to play those games. We'll figure out what the best fit for me is. It, it, it might not. It might just be like, hey, like I'm happy with PlayStation and Switch right now. I have more than enough games to play. I'm not really hurting or anything like that. Um, currently, still going through Final Fantasy 16. 
Um, I feel like I'm in third act now, so hopefully, you know, might be able to wrap that up in the next couple of weeks or so. And outside of that, like, like you, Bob, hasn't been a lot of stuff vying for my interest. Um, I will mention that a couple weeks ago, I finally watched the first episode of the the first episode of season three of Mandalorian, and I was like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, I forgot that show. And existed. then didn't watch, yeah, didn't watch uh, episode two until this weekend. And again, it was like that was fun. I was like, I should. Watch as we, me and Bob talked in the office, like I've, and I feel like a lot of people, it seems like the general consensus is, is like, I don't know if it's oversaturation, but like the Disney plus shows, I was so hot on all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff and the last couple of seasons for both, including Secret Invasion that's going on right now. I've kind of just kind of whittled, but going back to Mandalorian is like, I still like these shows. They're still enjoyable. It's just, sometimes it's just like, well, I could go and, and watch one of these series or I could just see what's on YouTube and YouTube's kind of been the easy, like. Let's see what's on there and just easy to digest, easy to consume kind of video you know, I'm entertainment. A, I want to watch the same movie you want to watch. I want to see Flash. Give me Flash. I want to. I would I like see, Flash to see, show up. Flash. Just on my. And, oh, I would like it to just show up on my streaming device, Mike. When do we think Flash is going to show up on my streaming device, Mike? <laughs> do we know? I mean, at this point, it might get on know, Max. It's yeah. not too long. You're waiting too, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not going to the theaters to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying right. to get. You know, uh, they did say Guardians is going to be on uh, Disney on August second. I've kind of been waiting to, to see yeah. Guardians too. So yeah, we'll I told see, you I made you it know, ten minutes. Um, in. I made it ten minutes into Ant Man. Did not like what I was watching. I already know that they're going to make it, so that movie does not matter if Jonathan Majors ain't got a job no more. So they'll just reiterate whatever the rest of that movie I missed in another movie. <laughs> we'll repackage yeah, it. The was, words. It was all right. I, I thought it was enjoyable, but you know, if, if like if there's any to miss, I'm like I think you're fine. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I got it. some, video, yeah, I got some video game news. Stuff. I got a crossover news. Okay. It was very sad, Mark. Obviously, I'm about to talk okay. about some bullshit here. I'm not even going to try to hide it. Okay. So, like a month ago, they did like uh, Stone Cold's got this show on the WWE Network where he interviews mm-hmm. people. They call it the Stone Cold Podcast, even though there's no podcast anymore. Doesn't even go on a <laughs> podcast feed. I don't think at all. I've stopped. I don't subscribe from Stone Cold's podcast, which let me tell you, Mark, you heard me. It makes me so happy that podcast was Stone Cold just talks about like getting groceries. Okay. Yeah. On toilet paper. It just, it just honestly, I can't even wrap my head around Stone Cold as a human being. And here's another thing to file there. So he's interviewing uh, Cody Rhodes. And whenever they're going to do one of these things, they do like a quick little thing on social media, like uh, rapid fire questions, right? And they'll say like, mm-hmm. hey, man, it's your favorite like candy bars, like Snickers. Or hey, what's your favorite movie? Is this? And they said, favorite Zelda, favorite Zelda game. And I think um, Cody's, uh, yeah. Cody said like, what was the one after Ocarina? Uh, he said, uh, did he say Majoris or whatever? Do you remember what he said? Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because okay. he says something. No, 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 no. He said, um, I think he said a link to the past. That was it. He didn't and say a link to the past. He said a link to the past, the Super Nintendo one. And okay. Yeah, and Stone Cold goes, nah, Breath of the Wild, man. Which he said this, and it like I remember watching this, and I just went, What? <laughs> and like <laughs> Stone Cold just said, and then Cody goes, bold choice. And Stone Cold's like, bold choice, bold choice. I know. I don't got a good Stone Cold. Okay. Um, and they're like, well, I'm just living in this world now, Mark, for the last like month or so where Stone Cold plays Zelda. And I'm like, it's taken this will, long for me to get this around my, wrap my head around this. Okay. I kind of, hearing that, I, I would assume that Breath of the Wild might have been the first or the only Zelda he played because it's fairly new. Oh, no, no, it's worse. But nah, it's worse, no Mark. Way. Because I found out this week, because someone asked Stone Cold, like, hey, man, like one of these interviews, like, straight up at Steve, Stone Cold, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Stone Cold, we don't call him Steve, 
Stone Cold. Um, is Breath of the Wild? You really play Zelda? Because you just said the like the internet went nuts. Like Stone Cold fucking plays Zelda. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and like Stone Cold's like, Nah, man. That was a rib from my producer. He said it'd be funny if I said no. that. I'm like, fuck, Steve. Why can't you? Why you gotta break kayfabe? <laughs> you see, I'm I'm envisioning this. I'm envisioning that like he sits down with like his kids and his wife, mm. and like his wife asks him, "So, honey, how far did you get in the game?" Well, I was hunt- I was hunting for materials. What? I got some fire keys, wings. What? <laughs> I got some fire keys, eyes. What? I got a lion horn. What? I got some Glock wigs. What? Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was so sad. Mike, I was so sad. I got so invested in this thing that Stone Cold's playing Zelda. It made me so happy. Because um, Stone Cold just talking about life on his podcast. That was the best part of that podcast. It wasn't even like him interviewing people. It was Stone Cold being like, man, let me tell you, we got these critters out uh, at the ranch. I gotta get my Kawasaki, get on my Kawasaki ride out there. See, you know, we gotta get some chicken wire up here. They're eating all of our crops, and I'm just like, you just growing stuff for no reason. He got like a hundred. I just, I always like when we talk about the toilet paper because then Kevin Nash are like, oh, you know, I'm about gotta get the triple ply. And I'm just thinking, you just picture <laughs> Steve Austin in the right. in the toilet paper aisle, being like, do I want the this double ply, the triple paper? ply toilet paper? I think it's I called know, a towel at this point. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. Let me just like, talk I, about I, the like, different. Dude, for me, like, I mean, literally, like, this dude is like, when I was like twelve, because I was thinking about this. Stone Cold might be like my like the most one of the most influential people to me, like my watching entertainment ever. Like, Stone Cold pretty much ran my life from like ninety seven to two thousand and two. <laughs> okay, more or less. Like, the fact that he's a real person is just like I'm not willing to accept the situation. Like, this dude, for all I knew, for some reason, he was always late getting to Monday Night Raw. And he always had a new vehicle, and somehow he was going to jump off of said vehicle onto this old man and beat his ass. And now Stone Cold is just on there. Like, he had a whole podcast talking about, like, debating buying a boat. And, like, he took another boat out, his friend's boat out, and he's like, man, damn near busting my ass trying to bring this boat back into, you know, into the lake. And, like, that was that was a whole thing for this dude. I'm like, yo, man, you were my hero when I was 13. <laughs> Buy the boat. I had four Stone Cold shirts, Stone Cold. Buy the fucking boat. What is this debate? <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, well, I've always heard that the two happiest days of boat ownership are the day that you buy it and the day that you sell it. Maybe he's thinking about that. Also, he's on like wife number four. So I think I don't know how many prenups there were, but that Austin, that $10 million Austin 316 check might have only gotten 2.5 to Steve at that point. Um, yeah, there's just a lot, a lot going on. I need something to watch. So anyway. Seeing if the UFC has purchased Bellator in the last hour. Let's just check real quickly. Starting to think this is not happening yet. Um, I feel I would have gotten a push notification from Twitter. We got that had been the case. Sean O'Malley said, MMA managers are so bad. Laughing emoji. Stay tuned. Sean O'Malley definitely getting 40 and 40 to fight for a title in, in next month. That's what we're learning right now. Anyway, be back next week. Next week, we're going to talk about a lot of cool-ass fights. We're going to talk about um, UFC. UFC 290 just happened, by the way. UFC, we're going to talk about UFC 291, which is, while headlined by a fake title, top to bottom, fucking stacked. And we didn't talk. We th- I thought we'd be talking about how Jan Blahovic and Alex Pereira got turned into a title fight. I mean, still, you got a week to do this. We should do that. Right? No? 
Doesn't matter. Winner should fight. Yeah. Winner should fight Yuri. The belt means nothing. Put it on the line. A lot of cool ass fights on this one. Lots and lots of cool ass fucking fights on this card. Um, Mark's gonna. Mark has an entire week to wrestle with his emotions over the Tony Ferguson Bobby Green fight. I mean, that's a, this is just like it's like a father watching his children. <laughs> this is like when Marge was watching Lisa and Bart just come out of fighting and playing hockey and gonna fight each other. And Homer was Homer was having a really good time. Didn't handle that situation great, Homer, as a, as a father. Just putting that out there. Um, really sick card that we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about fucking Spence and Crawford and why I'm thinking Terrence Crawford. We don't pick boxing, though, Mike. Mike brought that up. We have not picked boxing when we counted the standings ever. I wanted to do it for Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. We didn't do it. I don't think we did it for Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. And I don't uh, No. No. So if these nerds fight in the UFC, that's not boxing. I guess we can do that. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about this sick-ass card. We're going to talk about Spence and Crawford. Um, see if anybody else is doing some cool stuff. We'll see if UFC has bought Bellator. Hope not. Hope that was some internet bullshit. Till next week, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Peace. See ya. If you win, can I get like 50 grand? I got you, bro. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Cut some on the side. I'm coming September. Can I get like a, can you pay for my flight there on September? Maybe? <laughs> Yo, I win it. Yo, you, you going on PJ, bro. Ooh, yeah, come on. <laughs> we're getting rich, folks. Bye.